Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. to get involved, He's, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? I do find myself buying into the hype that with, with the Angela Russell, because... It is invaluable to have a player who can function on or off the ball the way that he can offensively. You just don't find those players very often. It's a very talented offensive player. Yeah. And it, he's a little more inconsistent than his numbers would suggest because he has tremendous highs. Yeah. But, I mean, when you have those highs, like, the Lakers just didn't lose whenever he played well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, they took full advantage of all of those opportunities. So it's it's really nice to have somebody like that who, you know, just has that flammability. Um, I mean, that was like a Malik Monk thing, except the surrounding Lakers are much more better equipped to, you know, do good things in addition to that. <laughs> yeah i i like I like that. Like so, so essentially, like it's nice to have a wild card. You know, it's nice to just. There are going to be some nights that he's just not going to have it, and and, and he's going to get roasted on Twitter because I think people That's he's kind of like the Lakers story. Max Muncy, you know, you, like where where I think Please elaborate I th- on this. <laughs> well, so I feel like Muncy was so bad at the beginning of the season and then improved over the course of the season, but didn't get credit for the improvement. And every time he falls short of expectations, and again, who's expecting anything from like anybody who's actually expecting stuff from Max Muncy, like. Look in the mirror, guys. Like he's, oof, he, oof. he was he was available the way that he was for a reason. He's been but, a very but, good player for the Dodgers. He has for the most part. And but, he's and played I, like and every I, infield position too. You're not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah, and and also you look at him and you wouldn't think you'd be athletic enough to do that. But but like I think the same can be said for D'Angelo Russell, right? You look <laughs> at him, <laughs> you look at the way he moves, and he's like he's able to do stuff fat on on a basketball court that like you shouldn't be able to do. Um, and it's because of the way that he can shoot. It's because he understands how to leverage spots and, and angles and, and timing and stuff. He's so good with that. And he has legitimate rapport with Anthony Davis. He has he already has built legitimate rapport with Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood, I would say. And they've played together for all of two preseason games. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I find myself buying into Russell. And I think some of this is is confirmation bias because obviously longtime listeners here would know I did not want him traded in the first place, and I did not respond well when he was. But I, I, I find myself kind of like buying into the stuff that I am seeing and hearing, um, whether it's from from Lakers people or from from league people who are saying like, yeah, th- 
he seems to have really kind of turned a corner. Um, so regarding D'Lo, just real quick, um, yeah. you said that the Lakers wanted to bring him back on as movable of a contract as possible. When you look at the team that the Lakers have, what kind of player do you think fits in for what they're trying to do better than D'Angelo Russell? Rui. That's about it. So who is D'Lo being traded for? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, what's, what, what's your, what are you because asking? You said like you, they wanted to bring him back on a movable contract, right? So yeah. theoretically he would be the main asset in mm-hmm. a deadline trade, right? So what kind of player would you hope for that trade to fetch? Oh, okay. 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 I thought, I thought you were asking like what other the Lakers, like yeah, player yeah, slash contract well, I mean, could like be sent if out. You, if you traded him, mm-hmm. like what are you hoping to get back for the Lakers? Ironically, KCP, (laughs) you know, but, but like that kind of, that kind of, um, you know, legit perimeter defender who can also knock down shots. So assuming that KCP is not going to be available to the Lakers, because let's be clear, the the Nuggets are not trading KCP at the Lakers. Yeah. Who is that player? I don't know. Maybe it'd be Bruce Brown, depending on how things are going in Indiana. Okay. You know, um, I, yeah, I, I, the Nuggets really do own a lot of real estate on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Brown Brown played incredibly. And right, and yeah. look, like it, it it like folks in Denver really, really took issue with me saying this, but like if you take Brown off of the Nuggets and they don't put want the title. that Brown onto the Lakers, that series maybe the Lakers don't win because Jokic was just that good and, and the, the Nuggets were just that good, whatever. But the Lakers, for damn sure, don't get swept. You know, <laughs> like, it, like the Lakers at least rip off because of, uh, as it was, the Lakers were they held leads in I think all but like one of those games uh, in the second half. Yeah, and yeah. and and like in, in three, and at least one of them it was like a dungeon. Yeah, it was it was like hey, I I look everybody who is not a Laker fan watching this. Why I want you to understand <laughs> this is a very Homer thing to say. And I feel like a loser saying it, but that was a close sweep. I like it was, it was because I've seen, I've seen gentlemen sweeps that were uglier than that. I've seen six game series that didn't feel as competitive as, as, as those four game, uh, four games felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've always liked the kind of player that Bruce Brown is and maybe he was made better be, and, and he was made better by how great, Jokic is offensively totally. and how would not you know, be made better by how great Jokic is. Right. And the, and the gamble that the nuggets are making this season is that like Jokic will just make their young guys better in the same way. Right. And, and they won't feel the absences of Bruce Brown gamble. and Jeff green. It's a giant gamble, but you know what? I'm happy they're making it. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think though, from, from the Lakers perspective, if they're able to consolidate this team and if like Max Christie isn't, you know, capable of stepping into that type of role because he's the only player who fits that archetype on this team. Yeah, he could come um, into a PCP. Mm. Yeah, like I, I, but that's probably years from now, and I would kind of prefer that they land a that that kind of player, uh, if if possible. But I, I also I also wanted to talk it it, it both sides of this struck me at the same time watching this game tonight, especially where holy crap, the Lakers are overwhelming offensively. Also Isn't that weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also though, holy crap. There just aren't very many like positive 
defensive presences here. Like this is, they are going to be, they're going like last year. I was, I was telling everybody to take the unders on, on Lakers games for the last few years. I've been telling everybody take the unders Mm -hmm. on, on Lakers games, night in, night out this year, probably going to want to do the opposite. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Especially early in the season until Vegas kind of figures this out. Um, which is kind of tougher because Vegas usually sets higher over, uh, you know, over yeah. unders for for Laker games because they're a positive team or a public mm-hmm. team. But like I, I, I do think though, like wow, it's going to take some getting used to seeing as much space as as LeBron and AD are going to have to work with here. But also like wow, it's going to take some getting used to really sweating out like their ability to get stops late in the mm-hmm. game. So which which of which side of that coin struck you more um, thus far in the preseason? I would say I'm not too concerned about the defense yet just because mm-hmm. it's so hard to play defense for 48 minutes in the NBA. The The way the rules are set up to encourage offense, you know, the way that most teams stack their lineups with positive offensive players, just the effort that it takes to play solidly for 48 minutes is – is enormous. And we saw the Lakers do that the last two months of the regular season because they had to, because there was no other choice for them to get back in the postseason picture. And I just don't think that that's feasible to maintain for 82 games, but I remain perfectly happy with the team's defensive ceiling because of that one man in the middle, Anthony Davis. So I'm not too concerned about that, you know, for 82 games. But as far as the offense, like, isn't this fun? Holy crap. (laughs) Title in 2020. And I don't think I ever thought that the offense was pretty during that title run. Yeah. No, like they made some threes in the bubble. Obviously, even then we sweated some of those games out. Like this is the three year anniversary actually of game five of the NBA finals when, uh, you know, what a trip. What a trip. Um, And I can't remember exactly what the score was that game, but let's, let's look it up real quick. I bet you can't guess how many points the Lakers actually scored in that game. Oof. The finals games, the scoring is usually down, but it wasn't the finals. Well, no, they won that one in five, right? They won. No, they won they in won six. That. We won every other series in five. So, hey, remember I, I a second ago I talked about like a, a, a six-game series that didn't feel as close as a four-game? Yeah. Like the yeah. Was just saying. <clears throat> so game Actually, five. Actually, it was good more points than I thought it was, so never mind that, but still. Just... Yeah, so game five, because that was, wasn't that the Jimmy Butler game? I think it's the Jimmy Butler exhaustion meme game. Yes. Yeah. And, and so like I think, three, honestly, but this one was the yeah. Mamba jerseys game. Okay. Yeah. They, so the, I think the Lakers probably, did they score like 115? 108. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was such a struggle, even a yeah. winning team, such a struggle. Yeah. And, and, and that was like AD shooting like 40% from three. And this was LeBron in MVP form. You know, I know he yeah. was an MVP that year. I think it would have been justified had he won, but uh, yeah. You kind of saw it though. Like the, the Nets also, by the way, like this isn't a bad defensive team. 
that they played tonight. And they dropped 75 in the first half. Ben Simmons was out there. Sure. But Cal Bridges is, a, is, is good at, uh, defensively. Preseason. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. But like, and fair, fair. And, and, and do I think that they're going to drop 75 points on like on the nets when they see them next? Probably not. I wouldn't be but, surprised if they did though, honestly. Well, that's the thing is, is that like, it just, it looks so easy. They, they weren't playing super duper fast. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they were just kind of executing in the half court and they get a lot and, of threes. They make a yeah. lot of threes. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny to see Stu kind of get used to this because, you know, Stu is, is, is very much old school. He was thrilled to see Christian Wood and Anthony Davis out there together because he's like, Oh my God, two seven footers. We're going to be incredible. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but I, I, I also though, like watching him get used to this and, and even he was kind of noting, wow, there's a lot of open shots. There's a lot of like, it's a lot of good looks. And, and even on the shots that the Lakers were missing. And this to me is one of the, the kind of underrated indicators of really good offenses is um, because the shots are coming in such great rhythm and because they're coming in such great rhythm from spots that they anticipate to be taken from and because they're taken by good shooters, you're more likely to predict misses there and you're better off. Like your positioning on offensive rebounding is, is I think slightly better with a good shooting team than with a team that like, who knows what's going to happen when you're firing up there, you know? And, and even like on, on possessions that the Lakers didn't score in. And I I'd have to look at the offensive rebounding numbers. It, it's not like they gathered a bunch of them. They got eight for the entirety of the game, mm-hmm. but, but it just, it just felt like, especially in that first half, the Lakers, like even their misses felt like rhythm misses and even, and, and they were, and they were well enough positioned to like take advantage if they absolutely had to, with that and you know look we 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 talk about the 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 three shooters outside of lebron and ad there but ad's jumpsuiting look looks great like it's it's in rhythm his footwork looks great it the the release is is in rhythm like there were points last year where he would be standing there at the three-point line and every instinct in him is saying this is a shot i have to take and he would just like not take it and this year, though, he's stepping into shots with confidence, and uh, his release does not feel anywhere near his a- as aimed as it felt last year. Um, and and some of this might be like early preseason confidence, and these games don't matter. And he hasn't shot yet at Staples Center, where I think last year it kind of got in his head that like everybody was kind of sort of like, "Are you sure, Ad? <laughs> sure you want to take that shot?" I mean, um, the man is a career 80% free throw shooter. Like, yeah. it stands to reason that he has good mechanics on yeah. his jumper. But I it, mean, it, it shouldn't it, be this bad. <laughs> if he can shoot, and if LeBron Even middies. Isn't, he can shoot middies again. Yeah. Well, just, yeah. I mean, it's just, even even if it isn't, like, hesitating on a shot. Mm-hmm. You know? I, and, and that was the point that Aaron and I, think, fought the most about last year was I said, I want AD firing away, even if it isn't going in, because if you're not, eventually the defense is going to ignore you and you can't have a star get ignored. Like the way that the Dodgers have their stars getting ignored. Um, I, I, I look at, I look at AD shooting and, and if he's like 
league average from three. And if, if LeBron gets back to like not being a brick in the same way he was last year, and you combine that with <laughs> the amounts of shooting around them, I legitimately don't know how this team gets defended. See, I think, I think I don't want to relitigate the argument you and Aaron had last year, but I kind of think of AD's jumper in the same way I think of Giannis's jumper. Like it doesn't matter if Giannis develops a long range jumper; no one is ever guarding him down there, out there. No. And I, I feel the same way about Anthony Davis. Like you have to put a body on him as a roller. You have to pay attention to him in the paint. So yeah, who cares if he took two threes a game last year? Nobody was going to be putting a man on him out there. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's great to like open up the paint eventually because like he will get those shots and it'd be nice if like, if he had oodles of open space and could knock down a 20 footer, but I don't think it's going to materially change the way people guard him. Uh, mm-hmm. But I agree with you that it makes the Lakers like more challenging to defend if he can create at least some space because, you know, I, I don't know. If, I never know what to think of LeBron's jumper, right? Like it's it's so variable just based on like no rhyme or reason. And if it comes back, great. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I I just think that those two guys with the way they play in the paint, the defensive strategy is always going to be to lay off of them on the perimeter. No, I'm not. I don't think he, the way he's getting defended is ever going to change. Mm-hmm. But offensively, in a 24 second shot clock, that realistically you're getting 17 or so seconds of, right? Um, if you're passing up on a good look, that is completely throwing a wrench into your offense, your team's offensive rhythm. And I thought often last year, AD would be open and would pass up on a shot. And if your if your star is passing up on a shot you're not getting another good one, you know? And if you are, it's by way of creation that is going to be a tougher one because it's probably coming off of the dribble or whatever. And so like, all I want from AD is to confidently step into good looks that the offense sets up via rhythm. Sure. Um, I think they can find better looks than him taking three step. Yeah, maybe I, I, maybe it, it, What's been interesting to, 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 to watch though, this year is like, or this look, it's two preseason games, extremely small, six minutes. <laughs> yeah. Although ironically, like 18 innings are going to decide a hundred and a hundred game winner in the, in so the fun how we approach perspective on two games. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I, I, I like that. Like, so there have been times where AD is there in the corner and I don't think teams, I don't think the Lakers are going to generate very many better looks than open corner three pointers because that's w- literally one of the best Maybe shots. A good corner three point shooter, though? Well, I, all right. I don't think the corner yeah. has ever been his spot, you know? Well, I, him not specifically, but if he's taking it confidently and because, so like one of the, one of the first principles that Darvin Ham put in was how in transition, it was like so, like such a breath of fresh air. And he said like, yeah, I want our guys sprinting down to the corners because that flattens out the defense and it makes us that much more difficult to deal with, whether it's in actual transition or secondary transition, right? And with AD or with anybody, if you have, and this is my issue with Vanderbilt, right? If you have somebody there who, when the ball rotates over there, they are reluctant to to fire away there. That allows the defense to like never have to break mold when the ball rotates over there. And and I think with AD, 
Um, I I do want him taking corner threes if he's there. I don't think he's going to be there very often. Um, but on the times that we've seen the ball rotate to him in that spot, he, he like he steps into it. I think to me, he looks a little thinner this year mm-hmm. than he did last year. And I think that allows his footwork to be a lot more active stepping into those or hopping into those three pointers. And I think that has looked good. Um, if, if, if I don't think it's going to be something the Lakers do by design, but I, I do want him taking like two threes a game this year. I, I don't think that would be an astronomical ask. How many threes did he take per game last year? 1.3. Okay. Yeah. So he took three and a half during his first year with the Lakers. Uh, 2.8, then 1.8, then 1.3. So, yeah, steady steady decline, obviously, in terms of the confidence, in terms yeah. of the efficiency, in terms of the <laughs> general, <laughs> oh, my God, AD, stop taking the shotness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just – I think the beauty of the Lakers having so much space, though, is that AD should have more room inside. Mm-hmm. That's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. And, again, a, a 1.3 – uptick there there have to be mathematicians listening right now but going from 1.3 to 2.0 is what like 63s over the course of the year right i'm, if I'm just imagining how games. upset mathematicians must get listening to this show <laughs> ironically i think aaron is one i think he like <laughs> um no i i i think that i think that if he's going from 1.3, probably like 55 threes. Yeah. Like 55, 63 threes, maybe a little more. Cause he's not going to play for your games or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe fewer if he plays for your games, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I do think though that the steps forward are, 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 are tangible and they, and, and they're going to matter. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, before we wrap up here, Okay, two things that we'll talk about here before before we get you out of here. Um, and again, by the way, I, my apologies, Sabrina. Sabrina covers the WNBA and women's basketball in general for The Athletic, uh, and you need to subscribe to The Athletic and check out all of her stuff there. I have not plugged it yet um, because I have been... I need to turn off my TV in the background. It's just, it's like every just time watching the highlights is even worse. Yeah. Um, but no, thank you very much again, Sabrina, for, for, for joining us here. The last thing I did want to talk to you about though, is, um, the backup center stuff, because I've been pleasantly surprised by Jackson Hayes. Um, he reminds me of Damian Jones when Damian Jones was like, still, like, still like seemed to enjoy Laker Damian Jones. Yeah. Last year, it seemed like Damian just like outright hated playing basketball for whatever reason it was. Signs a minimum contract and thinks yes, cashed in. <laughs> I made it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what's the opposite of platinum as a music artist, right? <laughs> it's like, like I a mean, paper I'm not artist. Grudge, like that's that's a lot of money. You know, I get that, yeah. but your NBA career doesn't last that long, and I <laughs> I, just, I don't feel like that's enough to want to settle. You probably probably not. It's like like so. He needed he needed a financial advisor to be like, hey man, you're gonna retire at like 27. Yeah, these that are one million dollars that you made last year. You're paying, my guy. <laughs> yeah, that is not going to extend as not far even as you a think. Full two million, all right. Yeah. 
Um, you, you won't even be able to Uber for the rest of your life at, at, at like a career earnings of four million bucks. Um, all right. So, but I, Hayes has pleasantly surprised me. Um, he is bouncy. He is shifty. Um, I, he is super active. Honestly, I, and this is what I prefer in bigs like him. He's like hyperactive where sometimes he's out of position cause he's like jumping too far one way or the sure. other, Yeah. but I'm all right with that. I can deal with that for a backup center on the minimum. Like having and an order. Yeah. And then the other side of things is Christian Wood, where obviously doesn't have that same kind of motor. Um, on the defensive His end shot, I don't think is is fly, is falling the, the way that he would have liked so far. Um, he didn't hit any threes three, today. Yeah, 0 of 3 from three-point range today. Um, but I, I do like that they, they have kind of that optionality. Here's everybody's favorite. Did you mute yourself? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I don't know if I'm coming through my mic anymore, so let me just check that really quick. Okay. I'm going to vamp while you uh, <laughs> discover your mic settings. Okay, great. No, I, uh, I've always liked Jackson Hayes, uh, mostly <laughs> – well, to be fair, I liked him originally because I didn't think he was very good, and he was part of the uh, pick package that New Orleans, you know, got in the original Anthony Davis trade. Uh, but I do like an athletic, hyperactive center, like you said, a lob threat. Uh, the Lakers haven't had a ton of good lob threats since basically Dwight and JaVale in 2019-20. Um, so that's nice to have just vertical spacing. Any kind of spacing is good spacing, and yeah. I, I do love a lob threat. Um, I, I think it'll be good for him to be in this system because he'll just be forced to learn how to play defense next to Anthony Davis. Uh, and he's so young. He's on his second contract already. He's only 23 years old. Um, yeah. It's exactly the, I mean, one thing I will say is it's so nice to not have to rely on the minimum guys to hit like the last two years, the Lakers wouldn't have functioned had the minimum guys not hit and they didn't in 2021, 22, because the minimum guys didn't hit. But like now, Cam Reddish, lottery ticket. You know, Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood, lottery tickets. Yeah. Like the Lakers will be fine if none of them exceed the production of a minimum value contract. So it's lovely to have that uh, that certainty, I guess, in the rest of the parts of the rotation. But I, I mean, I'm leaning Hayes over Wood just because I prefer uh, a little bit more defense, a little bit more speed in the second unit, you know, I yeah, think a little more life. Yeah. But I understand the value of a Christian Wood, especially I, I think a Christian Wood more is the guy that you play. I think you mentioned this on an earlier show in the game when like LeBron has to sit out for, you know, rest or Anthony Davis has to sit out for rest and you plug him in and he just eats in the starting lineup. You know, like that's yeah. what I think of Christian Wood is the Thomas Bryant, right? 